Bruh, I don't, you I don't got, think you want to. You still I got really that footage want, for me in that trap, that dumpster. I can't fucking stand you. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on some heat. When I say heat, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting on some heat. Fuck you. Like, like she thought that Dukes was gonna come up to her. Now, if I release this, oh, it's over. That's it was over your with. fault. It was your Literally. fault for not getting your card out of the damn bag. Ain't nobody, ain't, ain't, ain't nobody tell you to go dumpster diving. Ain't it was nobody your fucking te- card. Ain't nobody tell you to go dumpster diving. Did you want your card back? Ain't nobody tell you. Yes or it's a yes or no question. Ain't nobody tell you to go dumpster diving. Anyways, I- <laughs> just know I'm sitting on some heat. Okay. Okay. I got you. Okay. Welcome to the Midnight Special Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Mr. Ghost, and I'm joined with my co-host here. Mekon. We're gonna, uh, today, all right, we got a good one today. All right, this is a good one. This is a good <laughs> one. Today, we're going to review Malcolm and Marie, a uh, recent cool. movie on Netflix um, starring Zendaya. 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 So, I, I don't know. We need to it's clear this up. Thing. We need to consult Google of how consult to say Google. her name. They still gonna fuck it up too. Probably. But <laughs> anyways, uh Zendaya and John David Washington star in this black and white Ooh, I don't know, I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know what to call it. I think it's like it's something new. It's something new. But um it's on Netflix. So if you're listening to this review right now, stop what you're doing, go watch it, because we do not want to spoil it for you. If you haven't seen it, you're not gonna get anything that we say. We're just gonna we're just gonna sound like two old people, two ma- like a married old couple just like arguing. Arguing. Back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty okay. much. So go watch the movie, and then you'll understand exactly where we are gonna come from with our different points. Okay, I'm just gonna say right now, I'm about to win. Okay, Bruh, This isn't about, about winning win. or losing. This is about a discussion. I'm about to win. This is wrong with this is what's wrong with motherfuckers nowadays. This is You're a, right, you're right, you're right. This is a right. conversation. You're right. You're right. S- see? This is a discussion. I win. I'm just playing. <laughs> oh boy. So we're just gonna we're just gonna rapid fire this review off. So we're gonna go straight into it because it's one of those things that, one of those movies that you just gotta go straight into, okay? Uh but first, I do have a PSA. Uh so tonight I went and saw Judas and the Black Messiah. I went to the theaters to go see it. And what I have to say right now, uh, guys, when you go to the theater, clean up your trash. Yeah. Especially now, since since it's COVID and everything, and the workers there, they take the precautions to protect you. So if you actually go to the theater, pick up your trash. So they don't have to... Because uh, th- those are contact points for those people that are working there, right? So if one of them, you know, forgets to put on the glove or something when they're picking up your trash and, and you may have COVID, they might get it. So just pick up your trash. It doesn't take it's not that hard. It's not. It's really not that hard to pick up your trash and throw it into the trash can that's like right outside the theater that you just entered. Like unbelievable. And you know what, even what you know what kind of pisses me off? I I got up and I looked around the theater. I got up and looked around the theater because I saw the person next to me leave their trash. And I was like, you son of a, you pick up your trash, pick up your trash. Mm-hmm. And then I look around the theater, everybody left a trash. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
I honestly, I wanted to pick up, I wanted to pick up at least like the seat, like next to me, mm-hmm. and throw, you know, throw the trash away. But you know, COVID and everything. COVID's a fucking thing. Yeah, I so told like, you, I hate when people's excuse is, "Well, they clean them up anyway afterwards." I don't fucking care. They ain't your mama. They, 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 they are nothing to you. Clean your shit up. You cleaned up your mama's house when you got like. You, when you go to your friend's house, you clean up your trash. This is a public place. Just clean up your trash. It's not hard. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. You know black people don't go to the movie theater. It's expensive. It's really, it's not expensive. Just say no. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> like, when they, I get when I got there, yo, when I got there, because, you know, I, I got my usual, you know, medium popcorn, Powerade. I got my usual. No, I'm not fat. <laughs> There was a mom, and she had three, four kids. Damn. She had four kids. I'm not fat. I'm not fat shaming anybody. Mm-hmm. Three of them was overweight. <laughs> Damn sure didn't need nachos. <laughs> Damn sure didn't need a sour ass pickle. And Damn sure didn't need no soda at nine o'clock tonight. Okay. She's okay? like, it's the weekend. No. <laughs> No, she had to at least drop about like thirty something dollars. No, ninety. Holy hell! Did she buy some for all the children? Yes. Uh, oh. Mm-mm. She got like two two sodas, three things of popcorn, and I think they made some kind of like mocha something drink. I don't know. It was like brown or it was in a brown cup. I don't know what it was, but it was probably like a uh, what do you call things like a slushy or something like that. The hell they had a feast, a frappuccino or something. Pretty shit. much. Yeah, it looked like fresh frappuccino. I don't know if that what it was, but why the hell did they two of those? Two of those, three pickles, (laughs) three pickles. You're like, I can't make this up. (laughs) I can't can't make this shit up. I'm over here standing in line. It's just me behind them. I'm in the line for about eight minutes because they, the the person behind the counter, gotta be like fast and go prepare all that stuff. (laughs) Okay, and I gotta wait in line. Because there's only one, there's only one register open. No, I fucking hate it when they do that. So I'm not fat, and they got the butter to go on top of it. Five things of butter. <laughs> I'm like, you can't make this up. <laughs> like, you can't make this. I should have filmed it. I should have. So I should have filmed it. I should have took a video. But uh, <coughs> but no, man. People, clean up your trash. Just clean up your trash. Clean up after yourself. And everybody in there, you know, booed up. I had, I, had, I had two couples on the side of me. Everybody in there booed up. And I'm like, but y'all, y'all leaving y'all trash. Like, some man, right? Like, well, you know, you know, y'all look cute. But then when you got up, you it's nasty. a travesty. You, you just nasty, nasty now. You just, you just nasty. nasty now. Both like, y'all nasty. Man. Like, yo, girl, yo. <laughs> Your girl didn't remind you pick up your trash. You remember your girl. Now y'all both just nasty. Not I'm Tell like, dang. It. Tell me about it, man. I'm not. I think I was the only person in that whole theater that picked up their trash and, and threw it in the trash. I cannot leave my trash in there, even when like it just it bugs me. It bothers me to leave my trash. Like even if it's just a drink and it's empty, I'm like, okay, let me just throw it away. Like I can't. I cannot leave trash in the movie theater. It makes me feel bad. Yeah, and black people, y'all need to go to the movie theaters more. Okay, y'all. Need it's to... not really expensive, but it depends on how much you go to the movies. 
Yeah, it depends on how much you go to the movies. I'm not saying like you have to go every weekend like I do, but when there's movies out, but you know, yeah, to, but like you know, when theaters are back in full swing, you know, go to the movies. Don't just go to the movies to see. <laughs> don't just go to the movies to see black trauma all the time. Like, go to the movies. Go see something else. Like, you know, just go to the movies and learn movie going etiquette. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people just don't know movie going etiquette. Or they just lack the manners of just regular everyday life. Goddamn. There was this one lady, and she was she was sitting. At, at first, I couldn't tell where she was coming from. <laughs> like that voice, I couldn't tell. I was like, "What in the?" <laughs> it was <But>, Becco. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> she was sitting. She was sitting in the rows below me. When I tell you, like in my mind, I wanted to tell this lady, "Please be quiet." Please be quiet, because you know you know how some people just like speak out loud when they watch the movies. Yeah, they talk to the TV or the screen. I'm like, yeah, they, she was straight talking to the screen <laughs> on the quiet moments, though. On the oh quiet no! Moments. I'm like, come on, <laughs> like come on, lady. Then people be killing me. I'd be like, you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> like you could have watched this at home. You do know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm sitting here like you could you could have really if you was gonna talk a lot a lot and you know you a talker, stay your ass at home. Just stay home. Stay your ass at home. Or be quiet when you go to the theater. <laughs> like you know you talk to the screen. Stop. Take that mask. Take one mask, stuff it in your mouth, take the other mask and put it on top of that. There you go. You are now quiet for the whole movie. <laughs> like like she she down there. I'm glad she enjoyed the movie. Some parts she was you kind of off key. <laughs> some parts she was kind of off key because there are some serious parts where no talking. And she fire. is the loudest motherfucker in the theater. <laughs> the only person in the theater talking. <laughs> Anyways, pick up your trash, people. So, sorry. PSA I had announcement. That, I had to go on that PSA slash rant. So, um, all right. So, back to the movie. Uh, Malcolm Emery. You want to start us off with this? Boy, if you don't... I'm sorry. (laughs) So, this movie hit a lot of different things, but you can... Mm -hmm. Let's start. Let's start at... Let's start at the beginning. Because what got me in the beginning was when she came home... and Now, mind you, okay... You said something about her being his girlfriend. I didn't know she was his girlfriend. I thought it was his wife. Mm-mm. Yeah, I thought it was his wife. Now, valid point you pointed out is, technically speaking, when he got up there and gave his arigatos, technically speaking, he didn't have to say shit to her. He didn't. Now, had that been his wife, if he hadn't said shit, I would have been like, you ain't shit, fam. But that's his girlfriend. He ain't obligated to motherfucking say anything to you worth of a thank you. So, but, but she was valid in being upset that the girl Taylor approached her. Like, she was valid in being upset, but I think her validity was from a wrong place because she was insecure. She didn't Mm -hmm. like, she already didn't like Taylor and was insecure around the girl. So, to be honest... She didn't really have a reason to be upset. Like, she did and she didn't at the same time. And pretty much, he should have noticed 
that she was upset. Like when your girl says, I'm fine, no, something is wrong. <laughs> but also the fact that she should have been honest from the beginning. Like technically she was, but it didn't become a problem until the girl said something to her. That was when it became a problem. And then she was like, okay, I wasn't okay once I got home. And he's like, why? She was like, because I changed my mind. And she's, he's like, you, how you just change your mind? You must be crazy. And she's like, because I fucking can. And I'm like, she's valid in being able to change her mind on how she's feeling. They're her fucking feelings. <laughs> like, people can switch how they feel because they are feelings of a person. Now, was it just for her to sit there and just, like, be upset that he didn't? Like, because technically it wasn't the fact, let's put this out there. It wasn't the fact that he didn't say anything. It was the fact that somebody came back and the girl was fucking petty and said something to her. That's what she was mad about. Not the fact that he didn't say thank you. You agree with me on that? Yes, kind of, maybe so, right? So basically you touched on basically the whole thing that starts this movie off, right? <laughs> Like that's that's the whole backbone event horizon, if you will, of this movie. Like after that point, it was literally a point of no return with the the roller coaster of uh, fights and arguments and backs and forths and love and things stuff junk. So that started off. So going to back to your point, like first of all, yeah, she is his girlfriend. Okay, he won an award. They didn't say which award, but it's probably a pretty prestigious award. Considering that the production company put them in that kind of house in, was it, what was it, Malibu, Malibu, Santa Monica? I forget. I think it's Malibu. Okay, yeah, Malibu. So it was, it was probably a very prestigious award uh, based on context clues. She's his girlfriend, not his wife. So, okay. So if you watch people who accept awards and things of that nature, how many times do they really think their girlfriend or boyfriend they don't they they don't i mean wife wife and husband occasionally right mm -hmm. especially if that person has been with them They're for a long time mm -hmm. now you can say that that's just the aspect of entertainment or people that are in entertainment um because if it was if it was another award honestly maybe right Mm -hmm. Still, still kind of shaky on the girlfriend part, but you know, if it was wife, definitely right. If it was another type of award, you know, mm -hmm. Joe Blow Award, or whatever. But this is entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. When Tom Brady, I didn't watch. I I didn't really watch the Super Bowl, but I'm pretty sure when he won and he accepted his award, he he mentioned Giselle, Giselle, his wife. Cause it's been, she's been with him like for a long time. <laughs> okay, yeah, they got kids. like that's his wife, and yeah. she has been there through a lot of his shit. But when somebody else wins an award, do you see them like thinking the girlfriend? No, and see, I understood that wholeheartedly. I was like, I don't think that's what she's mad about. Which that's not what she was mad about. This is like encompassing my whole all my topics. Okay. So and we read and we saw some headlines from some reviews. I didn't read them because who wants to do that when you guys can just listen to us, right? And we can discuss the movie, <laughs> right? Am I right? Right? Exactly. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. No, so, not wrong. Exactly. 
Um, and some of the headlines were, oh, this movie is about toxic relationship. It shows toxic relationships in the wrong way. Toxic relationship. That was a key word. So, in one the thing wrong about- way. Why did it say in the wrong way? I thought this was kind of like, I don't think it was toxic, but I think it showed relationships in the right way, to be honest, because a relationship is not all sunshine rainbows. Yeah, that's well, I agree with you. So, this movie was not about showing a toxic relationship or showing a relationship being broken down. It was a movie about showing love being built. This whole movie was about love being built. Elaborate. <laughs> These two characters loved each other from beginning to end. That never changed. These two characters absolutely love each other in the best way possible, right? Mm-hmm. I'll start with Malcolm. Malcolm absolutely loves Marie. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, loves Marie. It doesn't always come off that way because of his personality. But just for the just because of the past events that he's been through with her and that he's stuck with her and that he supported her, <laughs> supported her for that long, proves his love to Marie. And the director shows you this visually because if you notice throughout the whole the whole movie, Whenever they get a uh, get done with an argument, or he gets that low moment, or he's by himself, the next scene he is looking for Marie. He was Marie, Marie. <laughs> I was like, nigga, if I hear you say her name one more time, Marie. But he literally went all the way across. The- he searched the whole damn house. Like exactly, where you been? even went outside and looked across because I, I think it was a beach they were near. Went across Mm -hmm. there. His ass was looking. (laughs) Right. And that's because of the past experiences that they both had together. Right. Because she was suicidal. Yeah. So one to me like that definitely shows. So the director is definitely showing you that Malcolm absolutely loves Marie. 100% without a doubt. Because if he didn't, that carelessness, he'd be like, you know. Whatever. She mad. She just walked off. Whatever. No, yeah, and he, but he actively sought her out multiple times, looking for her, worried about her in his way, of course. But he was worried about her, mm-hmm. so he absolutely loves Marie. He's proven it. He's always going to her. The well, the breakdown happens, right? So Marie, I'll I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll let you kind of go. Marie is the antagonist of this movie. It's not a trope that you see. A lot. And this was mentioned in their dialogue about, remember when they were talking about women in film and how it's usually this certain trope for a woman, a female character? Yeah. The movie retroactively showed you that, but flipped it, right? Mm-hmm. Marie is the antagonist here pretty much the whole entire time. Okay. She, she started it. She came home mad. She started it. She started the arguments. She pushed his buttons first. Even when she de-escalated. Now, mind you, she tried de-escalating when she first came in because she was like, nothing productive is going to get said tonight. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And she was like, I'm not mad. But you could tell she was mad when she chopped that butter. (laughs) (laughs) But she was, you could tell she didn't want to start any shit right then. She was like, let's hold off. 
But then it's like, I think it's also the push of, no, we, we can't go to bed angry. Let's talk this out. But then you also want to know why someone is actually legitimately upset. You don't want to have to wait for it. So the patience isn't there. You're just like, I want to go to get through this. And so I thought it was pretty funny how, yes, in the beginning, it was legitimate. It started off calm. It started off like just a regular argument. Now, when her ass kept coming back, that was when I was like, girl, girl, leave it alone. Leave it alone. They had made up in everything, made up, sat here, had their little laughing moment, cute little intimate moment. Like it was, it, I thought like, I was like, arguments happen. They settled it. They are like literally laughing, talking to each other, blah, blah, blah. Then her ass came right back around and flipped the script. I was like, oh, God. But you can tell, I, as I said, I, I feel like it, it, come, it stems from an insecurity. You could tell he very much loved her. And I can say that from the fact that when she got in the tub and he was sitting there talking to her, what he said to her after... He had said all of the other things about his past relationships when he sat there on the side of the tub and was just looking her in the face and just saying how he loved her. You can legitimately see a person who really, really deeply cared because you can see the emotions put behind words. A lot of people can't see emotions behind words, but I can literally see the emotions he had for her behind those words, behind the tears. And I could tell she frustrated him to no end with some of the things that she did and said but no matter what he was still gonna be there like no matter what and I think that is very beautiful and I think also that her insecurity is what stemmed a lot of the arguments because of her past and sometimes I the fact when he told her he was like you can't love yourself and I think that's also where her insecurity lies is because she doesn't expect someone else to love her when she can't love herself. Mm. Which, that is hard. That is very, very hard. And he's a good one. I must say, he is a good one because it takes a lot. It, it really does take a lot when you have someone in that headspace and mentality. But, bro, the way they were going at it, it was just blow after blow after blow and i'm sitting here like because there's so many sweet moments in the middle of it like mm -hmm. you saw the little sweet moments of like he goes off like they just finished the argument she has on her little tank top underwear and then all of a sudden she's like he's like she done wrote her review the white lady from the la times wrote her review she and he just starts going off she's at the table he's just like where's my wallet where's my wallet she's like did you check the bedroom and he was like, I checked in the bedroom. Did you check in the, did you check in the blah, blah? It's not there either. Then he was like, I found it. She's like, where'd you find it? He was like, it don't matter. Mm -hmm. It's like those little married moments or like relationship moments you can see. Cause it's like, I know this, this, this motherfucker know that I know where his stuff is. Cause you know, it's those cute moments. And then they break out in the argument again. <laughs> They break out and then she sits there and just listens and listens to him go off about the whole critic review. But it literally puts into perspective how relationships can sit here and grow, but you're going to have arguments. I've heard, I've always heard people say it's not really a relationship if you don't argue, but it's how you handle these arguments and how much love you're willing to put forth in the aftermath. Yeah, so I don't think it's necessarily about the arguing part. 
Because mm-hmm. I, I think you, I think you can have a great relationship without having any arguments. Not saying that you won't have disagree like disagreements, but so far as like arguments that we saw like in this movie, I don't think a relationship has to have those arguments, right? The thing is, a relationship for it to be good, it has to have two people both being truthful to each other. So this movie, this movie was about building love, right? So love is earned. It's not a privilege. I mean, it's not a privilege, but it's not anything anybody owes to you, regardless how how much effort you put into somebody else. Nobody owes you their love. And so basically what they were doing, it's like this give and take. And basically what they were doing, they were earning it tonight, this night, right? This single night. They are basically earning each other's love for each other. Right. Because they have they haven't. She hasn't earned his love. He hasn't earned hers. She took his love for granted. Found this out when he went on stage and, and, and he didn't thank her. And she got she got mad. But if she had earned his love and they had this understanding and she knew who he was truly and she understood who he was, she wouldn't have got mad. She would have been like, cool. I see you. I see you get that award. Right. Because she knows who he is. She knows he's an entertainer. She kn- he, she knows that he revels in the attention. <laughs> so if you're so if, you, if I'm an entertainer and you're with me and I'm getting attention and you know that I, you know that I love you and that, that I put my effort towards you and I don't just say it. I show you. Let me let me get that attention. You ain't got to be jealous of nobody. Anybody that says something to you. You can just swat them off with a fly, like a fly. These emotions that she had was because she didn't at that moment. She didn't. She didn't understand. She didn't understand the relationship. Well, she wasn't prepared to operate with him in that relationship, in that capacity. And honestly, a lot of people can't because a lot of people. Because you imagine like somebody that's that is an entertainer that receives all this attention, more than likely makes a lot of money. When that money increases and that popularity increases, problems come, mm-hmm. uh, issues come, mental issues come, all this stuff comes, right? If you're going to be in a relationship with a person that has to deal with that and that has been dealing with that, because let's, let's not forget, being an entertainer is extremely, extremely hard. He even explained this to her, right, when he was talking about her because she wanted to, she, want, she was an actor. And he was he's basically explaining to her that, hey, just because you got talent don't mean nothing. You also got to work at it. And even if you fail at it, you got to keep working. You got to work. I think what he said, what did he say, like 100 percent? I don't know. He said some kind of percent. In reality, it's like 500 percent. You got to get 500 percent to what you're doing or you won't make it, period. Like being being in the entertainment business. It's designed to keep people out. <laughs> it is. It's designed to keep certain people out. You know, first of all, a lot of people can't handle it. And a lot of people suck at it. Mm-hmm. But talent is only going to get you so far. You got to actually work hard at it. And this is why you consider them low blows, but they weren't weren't really low blows. If she's she was an actor, right? When you go and tell for an audition, that person in front of you that's judging you in this 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute period even shorter than that sometimes they're not going to care about your trauma 
they're not going to care about what you've been through. Just like even if you made it and you get on stage and there's thousands of people looking at you, you think all them people care about your trauma? Even if you explain it to them? Hell no. You like BTS, right? Yes. If one of them had a very traumatic experience and they said, oh, well, I've been through this, I've been through this, I've been through this. You going to think about that every day? Not every day. Exactly. Why even hold on to it? Leave it at the door. Because Mm -hmm. what she did, where she took it in with her, and actually that led her to not even audition. Because remember when he uh, was casting for the movie? And she wanted to be cast in the movie, so she asked him. This is another antagonist thing, though. She asked him, why didn't you cast me in your movie? See, a lot of people would think that that's a valid question to ask there. It's not. Because he explained, like he explains, you didn't work for that shit. You didn't. He. You didn't work for it. And that that was one thing that got me because I, I really did, like, to be honest, yeah, she would have been the best person to cast because it was a part of her story. But as you said, that you have to put forth the work and effort. And if she didn't put forth the work and effort, why the fuck should you be rewarded for nothing? Like, why should I give you this when you've not put anything, like, you've not shown me anything or given me anything? So why, mm-hmm. <laughs> why would I do that? And the fact that I didn't like when she came and she sat there and pretty much, like, did the part. Bro, when things switched up the way they switched up, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this bitch. And my friend was like, I told you she was back there still on drugs, blah, 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 blah. blah. Then when she was like, see, got you. I was like. Oh shit! She was just acting. What the fuck! I was you didn't like, know she was acting. I knew she was acting, Bruh, I didn't. I literally thought she was fucking crazy. I was like, oh shit! I was like, bitch is off her meds. She is crazy. If she had done that and put forth that effort, she would have had the part. Mm-hmm. Or she would have at least had the closure. Coming back to closure, <laughs> she at least had the closure that. I put forth my best effort. Yeah, so she could say I did it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Some people, I even had an experience like that. I had, um, it was a core show, and I tried out, and I did good, but I didn't ask my ex to do it with me because we were in course together. And then he was like, why did you ask me? I was like, I didn't think you'd want to do it. And so he's like, yeah, I'm like, why, nigga, why didn't you, we could have been up there singing Aladdin together. What the hell? (laughs) So it's like, you didn't, it's like, put the effort there. Like, say something, do it, put forth the effort. Cause then people will know that you actually want something enough. Because like, he was like, yeah, I wanted to do it with you. I'm like, then why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you try out with me? So it's like, you have to sit there and put forth the effort because things aren't just going to be handed to you on a fucking platter, which I feel like that's what she wanted. I don't know if that's what she wanted specifically. She just wanted, she just wanted the status quo at the very least. She wanted, she thought that he would at least acknowledge her status quo, but see again, she didn't understand his personality, his personality type. He, she didn't understand that he's an entertainer. So 
going into this. So somebody that's an entertainer, and when I say entertainer, it's probably not, I'm not meaning that, you know, you got to do movies or you got to do music or, you know, you got to perform in front, in front of like millions of people. You like to, right? <laughs> you like to, you like to show off, you know? You know, so look what I did. That's what entertainer means, someone who likes the attention. To me, it's giving people an experience, something that I create. There's a certain way that you operate if you're like that, if that's what you seek. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to a quote that Malcolm said was, I love you, but I don't need you. He needs what he does. That's why in every scene where he's literally explaining, and sometimes he comes off as like brash and rude, like very in the beginning, much so. Like in the beginning when he said, um, "Where you? Well, you're not in the film. Well, you're not. What did he say? You're not. He said you're not directing, or you're not in film, or you're not behind the camera, or something like that. Something like that in the beginning when she was cooking the macaroni and cheese. He said something. I forget. This is why we need a producer. Applications coming soon. So, uh, so sometimes it comes off as brash or rude, or it seems like he's not caring. But you gotta understand, he's probably spent his entire life trying, or at least a long time trying to get to this one moment, to get something. Failing all those times, because he mentions it, failing all those times, maybe getting ridiculed, you know, putting some some putting something out there, just like this podcast, putting something out there that nobody might see, somebody might see, somebody might just look over and then look at some, and then also looking at other people that are doing similar things and that are thriving in it. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that does to a person when you constantly think about that. And imagine how that person has to be. You kind of, you do have to kind of be a narcissist in a way, right? Because you got to up yourself to a certain, you have to be the person that like boosts yourself. mm Mm-hmm. Right. And because no matter, because since that's what you need, no matter how much boosting, it helps, right? No matter how much boosting the person that you're next to does with you, it definitely helps. not saying it doesn't help. It's never enough. You still, you still need to achieve this. And then when you achieve that, you need to achieve something else. When you achieve that, you need to achieve something else. That's literally how entertainers operate. <laughs> That's <laughs> what? why I said. That's why I said this movie is gonna hit you in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but see, for me, like when I'm watching, I'm like, "That's right. That's my guy." One thing, one thing that did get me though is the fact that I personally felt. Now this is just me. I don't give a damn what nobody else says. Her story was her story, and if he knows that he got a lot of his inspiration from her, that deserved a thank you. Because let's be honest here, she even asked him, "Would this movie be as good?" If I was not here, he even said no. So my thing is, she deserved a thank you. Even if the story was not just based on her, his ending should have very much so been a thank you to her. Even if he didn't mention her, he could have said, 
I'd like to thank the people that this film is in, inspired by because it wasn't just her, it was other relationships he had been in. The reason why I say that is because when you make a masterpiece like that, let alone he put some of her instances in the movie. Oh, why you say that? Nope. Why you nope. say that? I'm going to push back on you here, right? Why? Again, he's an artist. And no mm -hmm. matter how you view that word, his experience is his experience. You say she deserved a thank you. When? What did she do besides living that deserved a thank you? He, she gave him her story. That's the thing. She didn't have to do that. Did she say, hey, here's my story? Go write a film about it? No, but that's the thing. He did. That's something you literally took from her and went and did. Like, yeah, she may have known about it, but that was her. Just like when she sat here and said that was also like he got his closure on putting the film out there. But did she get her closure of sitting here and being able to, like, take credit for her story? Because let's be honest here, some of those aspects in the, the L.A. Times even sat here and like, blah, 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 this part, this part, this part. And it was things that she sat here and told him in confidence and everything that he put in the movie that was literally based on her life. And it's like, like literally word for word or replica for replica. I'm sitting here like, you know, you sat here and took that from what she told you in confidence and put that in a movie. So I'm sitting here like. She technically, like, you were writing this based off the true story of a girl that you knew. Or no. Because the ending, it's, I'm just saying, like, it, it, to me, it seems as though it was something that he didn't have to thank her for, but he could have at least acknowledged. He could have heavily acknowledged because at the end of the day, if she wasn't there, his movie would not have been as good. It would not because his ending would not have been what he wanted because a girl getting clean, all his past relationships, you know, it wasn't based on them because let's be honest. He said one ended up dead. I think another ended up dead and one ended up married with children, then divorced. So she was the only layout to him being with someone who was on drugs and got clean. And him being there for the process to see the aftermath and the process. So had she not been there, he would not have his ending. Or, and if he, because he would have had to go and sit there and go through multiple sources to see what it's like. And if this is a movie that is based on a female getting clean from drug usage and actually making that process, she is literally the culmination of what this movie is about. And he had his ending through her. And all that you said was true, but also with, um, ooh, I'm kind of gassy, kind of gassy there. <laughs> but also what Malcolm said was also true. So he, this story, the story that he made that he wrote was an amalgamation of his experience, his experience. And he just put that into a story form. Now, Marie did get her closure. That's what this movie was about. The movie was about her getting her closure, Right. But that's not anything that's owed to her, unless it's a bi unless it was a straight biopic. We don't know because we the audience hasn't seen the movie. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's that's one thing that's kind of hanging out there in this movie, right? Is the audience hasn't seen that movie because, you know, when I when I was watching this movie, I was like, dang, I really want to watch this movie that they're talking about. 
<laughs> so we this, can really that was me. I was seeing you like, I really want to just see this damn movie. Can they just give us a highlight reel or some <laughs> shit? I need to see this movie because everybody talking about it, but we ain't seen nothing. Yeah, like show us a trailer on the TV, goddamn it. Like, exactly. Like, but so, but unless it's a biopic, she's not owed any credit for that. That's her ego. That is straight, one hundred percent her ego. All right, take example. Because I think every writer, directors might maybe not because they might get things that somebody else writes, right? Mm-hmm. And they just have to connect with it. But he was a writer director, so he wrote it and he he directed. I think every writer has that story that they're so that's so personal to them, or maybe a couple stories and experiences that they've experienced, and they put people in those. So so that is hard to come in and do that, and that takes that. That's why it's a skill. That's why it's a skill, and has, some people are talented at it. What I was saying was, if I wrote a story, and I have a story, I'm sitting on it, people, I haven't written it yet, okay? I'm not really good at dialogue. We're getting there. We're going to get there. <laughs> you remember Seraph? Mm-hmm. You remember Seraph, the Seraph episode? Yes. That experience that I had, that's a real person. Do I owe, do I owe them, regardless of what they did to me, do I owe them a thank you? No. Precisely. Fuck you. <laughs> you, don't owe them a, you don't owe them a thank you, but when you literally take something that someone tells you, I, instead of saying a thank you, you don't owe them a thank you, but the appreciation should be there because your masterpiece wouldn't be what it is without them. Right. So she didn't, she didn't want to thank you. She wanted appreciation and she wanted appreciation because she has an ego and she got the appreciation when she, when he said, because that's what the movie was about. When Mm -hmm. he said, or she asked him, would this movie be as great without me? And he told her, no, it, yeah, right. And he told her it took a little, it took a little, it took the fighting, but he told her that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what this movie was about. She's one of the appreciation because she needs it. That, that's pretty much just two entertainers sitting in a room together being like, notice me, notice me, you notice me. Okay, I can notice you, but you got to notice me. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. No, can I point out this also? Because this is like something that it grinds your gears and my gears. So we're going to sit here and hit on this too. So (laughs) you remember the part where um, like she was mentioning how the girl's titties were out. Mm -hmm, Can -hmm, you mm -hmm. say titties on? Anyway, I don't fucking care. The girl... (laughs) It's like you haven't said every other word. <laughs> potty so, mouth you. I can't help it. It was the Marine Corps. Um, you were there for like a day. No, and bro, my grandpa was in the Navy. My ex was in the Marine Corps. It's bro, when you're surrounded by it, you can't help it. Um, you can't. But literally, her titties was out. And my thing is. In movies, you've told me before, and I've sat here and agreed because what is the point of a titty shot or an ass shot when this is an educational movie? Like, by educational, I mean like, or even if it's not educational, it's a journey type movie. This movie is about the journey of a girl 
who is going from her 21, 20, something like that, getting clean until a certain age. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Literally, that is the story. What in the fuck type of scene did you have to put a titty shot? Where? Where in here did you need that? Let alone when this scene was shot. If you have to sit here and explain it to somebody, if somebody's like, oh, but why Why did you have to shoot her boobs? I don't, but you better have a good ass reason. <laughs> you better have a good ass reason. Otherwise, it's like, oh, random titty shot. That's the only thing I'm going to remember from this damn movie is the random titty shot. Well, I got two things with that, right? Um, so what you're talking about is intentionality. Yeah, and the girl even said that it wasn't necessary. Like, mm -hmm. Marie told him, I don't think that was necessary. And he even agreed that it wasn't necessary. And he said, oh, she wanted to do it. The actress wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. So, on his part, it was probably just oversight. Because if he did that through the whole movie and he wasn't intentional about the whole movie, then it wouldn't have been a great movie. So, this is what kind of separates amateurs from... People that are actually good at telling stories is the intentionality. Every story has an intention. So when you put in scenes or you put in things or dialogue even, that's not intentional. It's like a red flag goes off in the audience's brain and you end up putting together something that's terrible. One one scene in your in your movie that's not intentional can ruin it. Right? So going back to like sex scenes. <laughs> sex scenes and porn. Right. So if you have a script or you have anything that you've written or any story that you told and somebody asks you, OK, well, why did you put this in there? And you can't explain why you didn't need it. You didn't need it. You now, we're not we're not talking about just like strictly visual, because if somebody asks me, OK, well, why did you put this big explosion in there? Because it looks cool. <laughs> that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it looks good. It, <laughs> right? Yeah, if it looks good, let hell, even sometimes story. Like, if you randomly threw something in there that had nothing, not shit to do with the story, and I'm like, why did they give us this information? What the fuck is this scene I'm looking at? And it don't allude to anything. You just fucked your whole movie up. <laughs> Pretty much. And you see it a lot in, like, amateur, amateur stuff. And you see a lot of people that do, like, short films, and it's like, when I drop a oh, I made a short film. It's just like, why is this in there? Why? 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 You, this this would have been perfect had you left this out. I don't know about perfect, but why? <laughs> <laughs> you know? well, that's pretty much how I felt. I was like, let alone him being a director. When she told him that, he was like, the actress wanted to do it. Imani wanted to do it. I'm like, nigga, you should have said no. You were the director here. You can tell them no. True, but... Again, it's not like he's experienced. It's not like he's like an old 50-year-old director, right? Yeah. Well, so I have one thing. I don't know if you noticed this, but remember when I said like love is earned mm -hmm. and it's not a privilege? So it was kind of like this, you got to earn You got to earn this for me to give you something, right? Mm -hmm. So if you noticed, they... Sex would be initiated. And then they wouldn't. Then Literally, they wouldn't. go. And then they'd be like, yeet. And I was mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I just wanted to laugh out loud for a while. Because it was like initiated probably about one, two, three. 
probably about a good four to five times, and every time shit would get shut down. So what's that saying? Right. That that shit is earned too. Like a part of me is gonna be it, it has to be earned, mm-hmm. which I think is a good good thing to put out there because at the end, like, because even even not not specifically sex in this movie. Remember when she got done taking a bath and she got like undressed in like her bed clothes and she mm-hmm. went outside to smoke with it with him, mm-hmm. or he was outside smoking and they were sitting outside and she was giving him the eye. That kind of sexual attention still serves the same purpose as the initiation of sex right but she had to she had to earn it she was being petty too because when she turned that song on i was like you know you ain't shit again intentionality right now i'm gonna be honest a lot of people are guilty of doing that because it's like i don't want to say it but the funny thing about it is in the song the lady was saying how i should get rid of you but i love you but i love him but i love him and she's just like, kick him to the curb. And it's like, oh, no. Then it's like, get rid of him. Oh, no, I can't because I love him. And I feel like she was trying to convey to him, which is why when he walked off, she was just like, damn. Like, why can't, like, you could see, like, I could picture her just sitting here tapping her head, just going, how do I tell him? How, how, how do I let him know that he infuriates me, but I love him so much? And I've been in that situation because it's like you're just sitting there wondering you say the wrong fucking thing every time every fucking time even though you want to get across to somebody that you really love them but there's certain shit they do that really pushes your buttons so you're just like sitting there like man I fucked up again I fucked up again (laughs) that scene you interpreted differently than I did really (laughs) so that scene she's not aware of the music she's playing really that scene was intentionally set up by a director. She's not aware of the music she's playing. He might, but her personality makes her not aware of the lyrics of the song that she's singing. She's because because when she comes out there, she's feeling again. That's where this she she initiates that sexual tension, right? That sexual conduct. <laughs> she initiate she initiates that because she wants that affection. If she actively knew about the lyrics of that song why would she why would she play that play that song see what i'm saying and see i yeah i felt like it was that's a that's the director setting you as an audience member up there's two songs that are playing and and we can go into the soundtrack too because soundtrack it was really good and there's a reason why it was jazz when he first when they at first came home he was singing a song and it was a song about just being happy right just being like enjoying the moment Feeling mm-hmm. good, feeling right, because that's how he was feeling. When she plays a song, it's not how she was feeling inside. It's not how she was feeling. So when she puts on the music, thinking that they were, he would sing along to it, because she's not paying attention to the lyrics. To lyrics, he she's is. one of them. Oh gosh, now I get it. She's one of them dumb. She's one of them dumb bitches. I'm not dumb bitches per se, but she one of them bitches that she's unaware. Mm-hmm. But unaware, she doesn't get the underlying it's like i'm gonna try this this will make him happy he likes music let me put some music on this will this will spark something man i fucked up because i don't know why he mad now and that's the funny part because i now that i'm looking at it i think she was like why did he walk off what did what did i do like she is very unaware and i'm like that is hella bad that is so critically bad to be that unaware 
Because you got to think, what's the scene that happens after that, where he gets the movie review and she's she's now she's into him. He know he knows how to operate her without operating her. That makes sense. (laughs) It's just the fact that he is who he is, is what's attracting her. It's why she's there. I want to go see Judas and the Black Messiah tonight, and I'm not gonna spoil anything. I will say this one scene. So there's one scene when um, Fred Hampton is speaking. And I forget her name, but his wife, I don't know if they got married, but they had a kid. So I'll, I'll, I'll say his wife. When they first meet, she's so enamored with him. And so later she ends up writing a poem and she says that it was just the fact that you were who you were. That mm-hmm. that's what that's what got me. This, this kind of applies to a lot of people that have big ambition. People are just instinctively drawn to you. Sometimes you don't notice it. Sometimes you do. People are just drawn to you for for some odd reason. That's what Zendaya feels. So when he when they're outside and he gets up and leaves, yeah, she is thinking, you know, how can I get out of this situation? But when he gets the review. It's like, this is my way. This is my way to kind of ease in there and not fuck things up. And I don't even know if it's, if it's that. I mean, she still might have those feelings, but she can't help it. I think it's more so I can see that he's happy now. I it, I can maneuver when he's in a good mood. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. When I can tell he's happy, I can maneuver. The reason why she can maneuver is because I I didn't have to do anything. I just had to just be there. Because mm-hmm. technically all she did was just be there. Like he's looking for his shit. He's like, where is my stuff? Blah, blah, blah. She's like there. And then he's like, where's my fucking phone? Where's my phone? She's like, right here. Knowing that her being just kind of like knowing stuff like being able to answer the small things it's like okay i know that helped a bit that helped a bit and then she's just listening to him rant she's like okay now i know how to maneuver this part but when things start to go downhill she does not know how to maneuver that's what i was starting to notice she does that right and you're 100 correct the thing is is that her ego takes her back she wants to have what he has she needs it so her ego just takes her back and, he's, and she has to attack him. So she has to one up him. And so like, and that constantly happens. I did see that. I feel like personally, the, the attack, it was the attacks for me. I was just like, God damn, could y'all calm down? Like, but I, as you said, I did like that. They were able to go back and forth with each other. And it was just an argument. It didn't escalate to anything else. It was nice to sit here and see it escalate to that, but it not sit here and just crash and burn with other things. It was just an argument, like mm-hmm. words going back and forth. That's what I appreciated because it really shows that, yes, even though arguments come about, you can still love someone. I also really liked how even though they did argue at the end, she told him what the problem was and she like what her problem in that instant was and Pretty much they got in the bed together and he said, I'm sorry. Thank you. And she said, you're welcome. And that morning, they're just standing there. And my friend was like, it's like an old married couple. (laughs) My roommate was like, it's like an old married couple. I'm like, yeah, yeah, because I. If you think I'm attacking Marie here the whole time, we're going to get into Malcolm, too. And the thing is, is that Malcolm doesn't know how to uh, control his narcissism sometimes. Yes. And he's very unattentive. The thing is, he so he doesn't know how to control his narcissism, but 
she has to be able to deal with that because that's what that's what you sign up for. <laughs> right? And people people like that, and not saying that he's like a total narcissist, because he's not a total narcissist. It's just the way as an entertainer and to do what he does, he has to he has to be that way. Right? Because it's it helps. You know, when you're when you're alone and you're trying to make especially make a piece of art and you're trying to affect people, you got help, but you really don't have help. It's extremely hard. So you gotta say to yourself, I can I can write this, I can direct this. Shoot, what? Get out of here, right? <laughs> so you kinda have to be you kinda have to have some narcissism, but it has to be controlled, right? You have to know mm-hmm. when to turn it on, when to turn it off. The thing is, at home, you don't have to turn it on and turn it off. If you're in a relationship with somebody that knows you and that knows can operate your, with you. Know your personality, yeah. And see, what so the reason why I said he was unattentive is because I was saying like the minute things that she wanted, he was just not there for it. By not there for it, like just like the thank you. The thank you was all she really wanted or the appreciation. It was just something so hard for him to say, yes, like, thank you, because you. it is amazing that you let me take that. Like, it was a small things for me. That's all. Because it seemed like she just wanted small things, as in, like, just appreciation and thank yous and those types of things. Because I love you can only go so far. But I love you can only go so far. I love you. First of all, there's multiple different types of love, but also you can sit here and say, I love you till I'm blue in the face, but showing small signs of gratefulness is means so much across the board, let alone, even though she was mad, she came home and still made his ass some mac and cheese. <laughs> like, thank you. You're welcome, babe. That's it. It's like the small things. And I feel like kind of, sort of, he just wasn't very attentive to the small things. Like, yeah, he could see her mood. Hell, I could fucking see her mood. (laughs) Anybody should have been able to see she was mad. But it was the fact that, like, telling someone thank you for the small things is sometimes what it really takes for them to know that they are appreciated, that they are even in your life at all. Yeah, and... Well, that's something that, you know, Malcolm had to earn, too. She just made it. She just made it very difficult. Gladly, he knew how to operate her because, you know, they like fighting. This couple likes fighting. (laughs) Like, this is just one day. (laughs) They love it. They love it. They enjoy it. Even it it might hurt sometimes, but they they enjoy it. They're literally being so dramatic. (laughs) She's so being. Fun. She was being so dramatic. They were both being dramatic as fuck. In a perfect world, the fact that she even recognizes that he wrote in some of her life story into his film should be enough, and she should rejoice in it. She doesn't need. She doesn't need. She should to know need that to, he cares. Yeah. She enough should. to want to put her 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 life into a story or a film of his to make a point. I mean, to a certain degree, if he knows her so well, he should have known what she wanted. He should have known what he signed up for. <laughs> and unstate, I'm, I'm not gonna say that. That'd be mean. <laughs> I think he did though. That's the thing. He did. That's why he's still there. 
Because if he didn't sign, you're like, oh, I ain't signed up for this. <laughs> so many times, so many times, he, he kind of put it out there that he knew what he signed up for. Because he was like, you make me so frustrated with this and this and this. He was like, but I love you. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's let's not forget that Marie, I think she was in a mental hospital. She'd been through all that stuff about being suicidal. And then she betrayed him. And he's still with her. And I'm just going to let you know right now, somebody with uh, Malcolm's personality, if they didn't, if they didn't love you and you did all that, I'm out. I'm out. Cause <laughs> back to the quote, I love you, but I don't need you. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I'm out, Pff, whatever. I got this thing over here that I'm focused on. And then I need what you doing for me right now. He has his personality cause he has kind of a narcissist personality and he stayed with her. To me, I'm just like, absolutely loves her. But I think that goes back to the point where he told her, he was like, you just can't fathom the fact that someone could love you because you don't love yourself. I think her personality is, it's like, I think I could kind of, okay, the reason why I said this makes me kind of feel like, I felt attacked a little bit, is because, like, let's be honest here. There's something about being mentally unstable plus wanting the spotlight because you feel a certain turmoil being in the spotlight, but you want that attention also. And I feel like Marie is the epitome of how I feel sometimes because it's like the, I used to lash out pretty bad, but (laughs) it's the, it's the anger of wanting the attention, but being in the spotlight also can kind of alter you a certain way it it's like you want to do these things but then when you just like you said he she wanted to audition but she didn't i think it was because of the the something around her insecurity and not being confident in herself but also the mental situation she had been in plus the situation she had been in just itself like it take a took a toll on her mental capacity like her mental so it's like I want to be in the spotlight. I know what I'm capable of, but I'm scared. It's like the change is something that's very drastic. I guess this whole this whole review was or discussion was a deep dive. <laughs> but I guess this is gonna be this is gonna be I guess the last topic or deep dive that we talk about. Basically, when he was telling her, "Look, you've been through all these things. Like, I get it. I've been there with you. I experienced all these things with you." What he said was, as mean as it may seem, what he said was 100 absolutely correct and 100 absolutely came from the heart because he cares about her. Because if he didn't, he would just be like, ah, after a while, just like, ah, I can't get to this person. And basically what he said, yeah, you got trauma. But he basically said, everybody got trauma. Malcolm has trauma too. Like the stuff, you can't discount just because she went through something worse, you can't discount what he's been through. So he had trauma too, but what he was able to do was recognize that, hey, just because these things happen to me, the world isn't going to stop spinning. You know, just because bad things happen to you, rent still due on the first. And if that trauma happens to you and you tell that person, you know, who you owe rent to, your trauma, they might feel sorry for you. But nine times out of ten, they're gonna be like, "Where my money? <laughs> Where my money at? Run me my dough." 
yeah, these things happen, you know, things happen to you, but it's a, it's about, I guess it's the old, you know, the old sports thing. It's not how hard you get hit. It's how, how many times you get back up. And get the concussions. <laughs> the thing is, when you get back up, try not to get hit again. Like, shit. <laughs> like, you know, dodge, dip, duck, do something, hit back, punch back, knock them out. And you have to do that. Look, you can go to therapy. You can go to therapy. You can have a great support support system. But at the end of the day, it's got to be you that does that. No matter how many times somebody, you know, how, how much somebody loves you and pumps love into you. If you're not going to accept that love Preach. and you're not going to use it, you're going to still end up. You're going to end up in the same spot and you're going to end up seeking darkness again. And if someone is willing to put that effort into you personally speaking, because I agree wholeheartedly on that shit. If somebody is willing to put that effort into you to be with you and sit here and give you that love and that that motivation or the like not motivation, but that attention and get you to understand like, hey, you can do this. I don't know what to say for you, fam, because you you got to also but not even looking at that. You got to want that shit, because like at the end of the day, you you have to support you. But look at the people who are behind you, backing you up. Like, come on. First, you got to recognize, is my, is my trauma or the things that have happened to me in the past shaping me or am I shaping me? Like, is my trauma making me this person or am I making me this person? And I think that's what Marie constantly throws back and forth with. And that's, that's my thing. It's, it's an instability of of self it's an instability of self and mind because she knows what she wants but it's like am i capable am i deserving am i this am i that because it's the shame and guilt of what she has done but also it's the i want to do more and i want to be more and i i i want the attention but it's like do i as i said am i deserving and i think that's what kind of puts her at an odds end with herself let alone with the people around her because it, it happens when you sit here and internalize things that way and you can't figure something out to make something right. It does affect the people around you a lot. She's answered like, am I deserving? But Malcolm's trying to tell her, look where you're at. <laughs> like there's literally poor people out on the street right now that are probably just as talented as you. And you got all these resources and they ain't got nothing. But that's somebody that works 500% while you're while you're not doing anything is going to surpass you. Yeah. And I, as I said, because the girl, the Imani girl was an upcoming also. She was an upcoming actor also. She wasn't she hadn't been in the industry for long. And he even said that at the beginning. But my thing is, if you want something, get her done, fam. Like, get her done. You sometimes like even if something is terrifying, if something if you're afraid of change, if you're just terrified because you don't know if you're capable, at least you can motherfucking say I tried like say I tried figure out figure out your critiques, critique that shit, fix that shit and do it again. Because at the end of the day, you are going to be the only fucking person that sits here and makes your future. So the fact that she could not get past all of her trauma which as you said everyone has it that kind of upset me because i'm like this bitch is a whole ass capable she is capable and she even proves it she does 
So that that just made me even more fucking furious. But then she went right back. <laughs> like she proved it, then she went right back. So yeah, um, guys, deal with your trauma, man. You gotta deal with it. <laughs> just face it in the face. Be honest with you. Just face it in the face. Even if it look honestly, I think it's worth it. If you guys stare death in the face, stare him down. It's I, better than it's better than suffering. You you get past mm. your own demons. Also, how you Where's put this Yoda without? Quote? Huh? Where's that Yoda quote? Go ahead. <laughs> also, I want to say, don't put other people in your bullshit. But when I say that, I mean that as in he Malcolm truly loved her. Did he deserve some of the shit that she said? No. Did she deserve some of the shit he said? No. But don't sit here just because you are feeling a type of way. Don't sit here and put that on someone else. Notice your flaws. We are human. We have flaws. Was he completely right in the things he said? No. Was she completely right? No. But at the end of the day, did they still love each other? Yes. And were they there beside each other? Yes. And do they know that some things need to be fixed in their relationship? Yes. So don't sit here and don't sit here and turn arguments also into a winning or losing thing. Arguments and discussions are not about winning or losing. Arguments and discussions are about understanding, which is what a lot of people don't get nowadays. They are about understanding your significant other and or partner, not fucking winning or losing it's not about who gets the last word it's about did you get how they are feeling and understand i'm sorry i had to put that out there <laughs> oh no you're fine you're you're good um i hope people take that they understand I that fucking hope they do because people be making <laughs> me mad they be like and i got the last word but did you really get the last word did you even process what they even had an issue with as i say it is not did about you? Winning or losing. It's about so, understanding. So one thing we do have to talk about, just because this is a film podcast, okay? Uh-huh. There's a lot of duality in this movie. Especially with the cinematography. The music, right? I'm going to let you so, take this because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you do. You watch the movie. God, don't give me that excuse. See? Excuses. Uh-huh. I don't know excuses. I don't know, excuse. Um, Rude. First, black and white. Very intentional that. choice. Very intentional choice. So because we only have two characters, just know. Watch it again. Notice the number two. That's all I'm gonna say. Two characters, black and white, basically two colors. Okay. You see them, especially uh, side by side, a lot. Okay. You know, two people on the screen at the same time. So far, it's like composition-wise. Um, so very intentional there. Um, the music. This was set to like a jazz score. And we all know why that is. It's because it was this constant back and forth, up, down, sideways, mm-hmm. crossways. So many things. Just Interactions. Like- <laughs> yelling, somebody would go from talking quiet to, to yelling, you know, to crying, to, to being mm-hmm. all right, not mm-hmm. being all right. 
<laughs> so the jazz score definitely intentional. Um, definitely added to it, added to the craziness of it all. Really. I love. I'm sorry. Can I can I say mm-hmm. something real quick? I yeah. love the part when he got mad and he walked. He was walking and just talking to himself, and he was like, "Motherfucker, blah blah blah, fucking stupid." And he would just oh, and he was in that field. (laughs) Oh, that was was great. It looked like he was walking in this field along, like probably going towards the beach because I think they might have been like in a beach area or something. And then he's just sitting there cursing and going off and being like, and I'm like, I feel you, fam. I feel you. I love that scene. Really, I really I I like the way the scene the scene was shot. Also, because I was like. It, it shows how frustrated he is at this point. Like, super frustrated, but he goes and just kind of blows it off a bit and then comes back. I died laughing. Like, I can't I can't begin to tell you how hard I laughed. I was like, mood, I feel you. <laughs> okay. Malcolm and Marie. Do I have to explain the rating system again? We have new guests. Fucking okay. do it. Okay. All right. For all our new drones out there, we have a rating system here on the Midnight Special Podcast. We do not give quantitative reviews, but we give qualitative reviews. I have a master's degree. <laughs> so, <laughs> we do not give you like a three-star rating or a five-star rating or a six out of ten, seven out of ten. Our rating system is more subjective. Uh, depends on what you interpreted the movie or show as and how you decide to rate it. I mean, we do have categories. So the categories are a movie, flick, cinema, and kino. We might add another one later, but those are the t- those are the four categories, not in any order. So it can be anything you feel. It's just how the word comes to you and how the movie feels to you. So, without further ado, what do you think? Oh. Oh. (laughs) I would say cinema. Okay. You want to give a reason why, real quick? I would say cinema because the way it was shot, number one, the black and white, I really adored that. Mm -hmm. Um... Made it feel more, I guess, adore, adore, adoring. Is that a word? Is that a word? I hope it's a word. Yeah. It, it was like, it, it made it more. Made it cute. It made it cute and it made it more real. How would, I don't even know how to better explain it. Like it made it very. Personal. Yeah. It made it personal because you don't, you don't have to look at vibrant colors you don't have to. There's no have, distractions. Yeah, there's no distractions on what literally you. The, the black and white made me focus only on them two, because mm-hmm. I don't. I did. I didn't have to sit here and look at how bright the light was or how this shot was abysmal and fucking bullshit. I just got to look at them argue, and it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look at how deep, and it made me. It drew more attention also to their faces for me, like the tears the emotion behind their eyes behind their words and how deep they were cutting and how realistic and 
just full of emotion a lot of things they said were and the, the the things they did because with it being in black and white it was so easy to see the the subtle things as in like how close they were proximity like when they were uh just the subtle smiles because i'm focusing only on them it made mm-hmm. it so much more impressionable because you could see the adoration in her face like he's sitting there going off on his tangent and you can see just the adoration in her face of just listening to him just rant about something he loves and it was something that was so precious to me because i'm like there's no question in my mind whether she loves him or not and she's she may have fucked up somewhere along the way but you can see in her face she completely adores this man and she's just sitting there on the couch just the biggest smile on her face and it it's those small things. Okay. Is it? Yeah, I'm sad for okay. cute stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Even though they were assholes. For me, Kino. Kino. This is this is this is a this is a Kino film for me. I thought it was spectacular, but in its own way, and I thought that I totally disagree with the critic consistent consensus because right now it's like people are like half in half out so mm-hmm. i kind of totally agree disagree saw a lot of negative reviews first of all it, it attacked critics in this movie directly very much they were very, they were just mad because they were like i'm butthurt about what he said <laughs> pretty much so yeah it attacked critics directly and if you and the critic is butthurt about it and was writing bad review. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. I think it's like number three in movies. I think so. In the U.S., I think so. Number three in movies. So they don't. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Great acting. There's parts where they were funny, and it was funny, and you just—I don't know—you just kind of fell in love with the characters, regardless of what what they said or what they did. Excellent. I won't go too deep into it. This movie kind of, it touched me because, it touched me because it it was familiar, um, not ex- not precisely familiar, I will say, okay, but I got it, right, like I got it, you know, especially being on like Malcolm's end, like I got it, cause you know I've had somebody tell me, well, why am I not enough, and I'm just like. How do I say this without being mean because I really do care for you? Look. <laughs> Look. I love you, but I don't need you. Okay? Totally understood that. But I think also as like somebody who does like film, you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot from this movie just by watching it. You can watch it over and over again. I think this is the type of movie that like goes in your collection like your DVD collection that you pull out like in 15, 15, 20 years and be like, you know, when, when they didn't got old now, you'd be like, Hey, they were in this and you show people this movie. And it's not just cause it's in black and white. <laughs> okay. It's not just cause it's in black and white. All right. Cause to pull off a black and white movie, you have to be very, now yeah. you have to be very, <laughs> very intentional with what you do. I had to cough, but yes. Cause I was sitting here like, this movie's gonna be boring as fuck. 
And then I was like, this movie is lit as fuck. But I there was a part where I wanted to cry truly, really and truly when she was in the tub because I felt that I felt that that sadness where she's just sitting in the tub and it's like, how would you even explain it? It's just like someone just said the worst thing in the world possible to you. So you can't help but literally internalize for a second and then try and figure out what you said wrong, did wrong or something. And I don't know how to better explain it. It's very weird to try and explain, but I wanted to cry because I'm like, yeah, bitch, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was, yeah, but I. That's excellent directing. It really was. It was, Mm. I loved their interactions is what got me, but it really does show that you can have a relationship with someone, but you should very much so understand them. And for me, it's key on for me because this is a black film that doesn't deal with black trauma. It's just regular trauma. Yeah, it's just relation. <laughs> it's just relationship shit that everybody goes through. And I, I, I can appreciate it for that. You know. Just that alone, I can appreciate it. Pushing the, pushing the envelope of what you can do with what you have. Because you think about it, it's just they shot it in the house. No. Can I hit on another thing that he said, too? Mm-hmm. So Dang, it, you just saving them from you just saving them from later. <laughs> it was the he said the L.A. Times lady and the, the being political, being, everything being political when he wrote a story for everyone because. Yes, he may have casted a black girl to be the main person, but there are very many white folks also who go through drug usage, who go through recovery and all of this. And he's like, why can't it just be a damn movie about a girl going through a trip to recovery? Why did you have to make it fucking political? And then the mental health, all this and how it's not up to par for black people and blah, blah, blah. He was like, why can't it just be a damn movie about this? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes things are just meant to reach out to every audience, not just one. Kind of yeah, like so, this movie. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it insists, and but it's not so. It's insisting. It's it's insisting on that end, but it's also insisting on the end of hey, if you are a black filmmaker, you don't have to make. Oh, this has to be black. Just make a story. Just, just just make a story. If you want it to be science fiction, make it science fiction. If you want it to be a comedy. Rom-com. A rom-com. Do it. Don't do rom-coms. You don't have to make it. You don't have to make it a black rom-com. You don't have to make it a black science fiction story. It's already going to be that. Just make, just write a story. If you want to put a story and if you want to write white people in it, do it. You don't have to have. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to be a black, black artist with black everything. <laughs> right. So, so don't be afraid to like branch out, and that's kind of what the story is telling. You know, trying to say it was showing to you, and then they put it in the script too, because he was just because that's what that's his mindset. Yeah, he was like, damn. He was like <laughs> this white LA Times lady just always got to make you political. Right? He was bad, and I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I think so, I think the movie. I, I agree with you. I feel like it was between cinema and Kino, mm-hmm. but I I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I can definitely see it as, as cinema. 
All right. So, yeah. So, that was our review of Malcolm and Marie. Go watch the movie. It's on Netflix. I think again, I think it's number three in on Netflix or in, in the US. Uh, great, great movie. Don't listen to critics if you are listening to critics on this movie. Um, go in it with an open mindset. Some things might kind of tick you off or set you off. Or don't think that this movie is about a tragic, like a tragic relationship. Don't think that this movie is about that at all, because. I can see where people can get that, but that's your trauma showing up. (laughs) (laughs) Something you need to let go of. I really like the ending. I thought it was really nice to see them. Like, she's up out of the bed, and he just walks outside, and she's just standing there beside him. I thought it was really nice because it's like, it shows he, He walks outside. Yeah. She's already, well, she's already out there. She's just staring. And when he wakes up, he's like, Marie, Marie, Marie. I'm like, this bitch and his Marie again. But he goes out there and just stands beside her. And I'm like, it really shows that we may have argued, but I'm here. All right, guys. So that was our review. Thanks for joining us. It was a long one, but it was a great one. Um, Our next review will be Judas and the Black Messiah, which I've already seen. Somebody hasn't. They're supposed to see today, but they didn't. So I had to take a nappy nap. There you go. Excuses. There they go. I had (laughs) a long day. There they go. So is everybody else. I was moving furniture. You know what? Kiss my yellow ass. When you need a friend. Alright guys. Yes.